Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Billy Brim's back with some great word from God. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about Satan's place in the heavenlies. That's where he is right now. It's and he has hell. to be dealt with. You can't leave him running around no, loose. He, he's there and he's got a right to be there. Okay. until Adam's lease is up because Adam had a lease on the earth, 6,000 years. He handed that over to Satan. But he doesn't have any <coughs> rights over, over you. our No, life. he's the God of this world system yeah. and we are in the world, but we are not of the And we have the, the name. We are of God. Ah, yes. Little children, Hallelujah. it is written, and have overcome them. Them Amen. who? Them evil spirits. Glory to First God. John. Hallelujah. Now, um, there are three heavens at least that we know about because the Bible says so. 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul writes, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Now Bible scholars believe this was Paul himself. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So the Bible speaks of three heavens. Um, there may be more. Who knows? I don't know what's all out there in all the universes. Yeah. But here's the third heaven, according to the Bible. The Bible speaks of three heavens. There's the atmospheric heaven above the earth. And that's uh, where Satan's... Um, operating, where many of these spirits are operating from. There's the starry heavens out in space. And then there's the third heaven where God's throne is, the heaven of heavens. So Paul was caught up to the throne of God. Um, now, where does Satan operate? He, listen to what the scripture says, Ephesians 6, 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's a kingdom of darkness. And these evil spirits are in it. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, Greek says, overcome all, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. stand. Amen. Satan now sits on the throne in what the Bible calls the heavenlies. I read this yesterday to you. I'm going to read it again. Uh, Revelation 2.12. Jesus, the risen Lord, appears to Paul on the Isle of Patmos and gives him a letter to seven churches. I'm reading from the Amplified. And to the angel of the church in Pergamum write, the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name and you did not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where mm. Satan dwells. So these, uh, quote unquote, lucky people happen to have a church where Satan's got his throne right up over that city. So um, I'm going to read to you from some witnesses. Uh, Brother Hagin said to me uh, before he left, he said, you know, uh, some things are going to change when we have an age change. You're going to be here, he said, at an age change. Hmm. 
And he said, when you have an age change, it's not just like you're stepping over a log and everything's different. Things from that age begin to come into this age. And so he said, there's going to be a lot more appearance of angels and there's going to be a lot of people going to heaven and coming back and giving a witness. And he said, now you're to write a book about them. Well, I haven't written my book, but they're going to heaven and they, uh, they're writing their own books. Uh, this one is a, a, a little boy named Colton Burpo, four years old, his dad, a pastor in Nebraska. I met his dad in last year uh, in, during the war, June 2014 in Israel. Christians United for Israel sent a representative from all the 50 states and D.C., one person to be in Israel during the war and say to Israel, we're standing with them. So Colton Burpo's father, Todd, who wrote this book, was the representative from Nebraska. He's a dear man, and we had a lot of wonderful, we had meals together, Shelly and I, I with God, him. I bet that was he shared a lot of really now, how old is that little boy now? I'd say he's in his teens, you know, uh, 14, 15. And um, so... Uh, I remember we're talking about where, where, and he went to heaven. He came back and he told him about seeing his sister, that he didn't know he had a miscarried child. His mother had miscarried. And he saw his grandfather pop and came back and told his daddy about him. Just things would come out, you know, that he'd seen that they knew he couldn't know otherwise. And so um, now when this happened, he's six years old and things just come out every now and then. And they've been watching a movie, you know, on the Chronicles of Narnia. And of course, at the end, uh, the good guys win with their swords, you know. And this little Colton, he was really into action heroes. He liked action heroes. Um, and so um, he would wear a sword. He'd stick a toy sword in, you know, his pants wherever he went. So uh, all the family, the Bur Burpos at that time, was the father, the mother, and the sister, and Colton. There's since been another brother. And uh, they were all sitting on the floor, and they had their popcorn and everything, you know. So when they finished this movie, this good movie where the good guys win and have this sword battle, you know, his mother, Sonia, says to him, as the credits rolled up uh, the television screen and Colby picked up the dregs of the popcorn, Sonia said offhandedly to Colton, I guess Colby has come along the littlest baby boy. Well, I guess that's one thing you didn't like about heaven. There are no swords up there. Colton's giddy excitement vanished as quickly as if an invisible hand had wiped his smile off with an eraser. He drew himself up to his full height and looked down at Sonia, his mother, who was still sitting on the floor. There are two swords in heaven, he said. Surprised at his intensity, Sonia shot me a sideways glance, then kind of drew her head back and smiled at Colton. Hmm, okay. Why do they need swords in heaven? Mom, Colton said, Satan's not in hell yet. He scolded her. Well. The angels carry swords so they can keep Satan out of heaven. He really had revelation when he came back past even what his father had. Then his father sitting there remembered about Daniel and how the angel had had to fight with the king of Persia and the king of Grecia. And these things would come back to him as he heard Colton talk about it. But that's a great revelation that most people don't have. Satan's not in hell yet. He's going there, but he's not there well, yet. True. So that's why we have to keep him bound. That's why we do. You Jesus. bind on earth. Yeah. It is written in Matthew. Yeah. It'll be bound in the heavenlies. Amen. 
you, 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 you allow on earth, it'll be allowed in the heavenlies. Now, here's a book, Visions Beyond the Veil, that's written by H.A. Baker. This is a book I read over and over. Um, the subtitle, Visions of Heaven, Angels, Satan, Hell, and the End of the Age. Right now, uh, a young woman minister, missionary uh, to Mozambique is Heidi Baker. And Heidi Baker has a marvelous anointing on her life. My little Hannah, who is my assistant, travels with me everywhere. She'll drive miles to get to a Heidi Baker meeting. Mm -hmm. And Heidi ministers sometimes. She feels like Reinhard Bonnke, that she almost has been sent here um, you know, like, like a, for the move of God, and she's quite a prayer warrior. And uh, Heidi Baker, you might know her, but she is the granddaughter by marriage of H.A. Baker. H.A. Baker and his wife were missionaries to China, and they had um, orphanages and little beggar boys that they just picked up off the streets. Ignorance, little boys, not ignorant, but talking bad about them. They never had gone to school. Mm-hmm. They never had learned to read and write, and they were beggars. That's what they did for a living, beg. And so they took them in, and they um, amazing things started happening. These little beggar boys started getting caught up to heaven. Right. And it happened not just to one or two of them. It happened to all of them. And even though you could see them on the earth, the bakers, Mr. and Mrs. Baker, the missionaries, they would write down what they were saying and what was happening, and they were all seeing the same thing. And God was teaching those little beggar boys amazing theology. And now what has happened in 1949, communism came in and threw out all the missionaries from China. So the bakers had to leave and all other missionaries had to leave. But these little beggar boys who got this education, they became the pastors of the underground churches. And China's got the largest church in the world most people in the world, of course, but they, even during the communist days, that church grew and flourished. And here are some of the things that these little beggar boys saw that will help us understand about the heavenlies and where Satan is. So in chapter seven, the kingdom of the devil, no careful observer could have been with us during those weeks. It lasted for weeks, eight weeks of the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit and doubted that there are two kingdoms kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness, and that they are in constant conflict. As surely as angels minister and the Holy Spirit leads to a real kingdom of light, so surely do demons hinder while the devil presides in a realm of evil spirits in a real, in a kingdom of real darkness. Through these visions, one kingdom was made as certain to us as the other and man was clearly revealed as the battleground. Mm-hmm. Satan's after men. Yep, yep. Now, this is something about the government that he writes. Uh, the government of the hosts of evil is in mid-heaven. There are thrones from which the devil's angels exercise their satanic government over the earth. These rulers of darkness vary. Some are larger in stature than others. There's a variation in their dress, crowns, some wear crowns, the higher up ones. Brother Hagin, too, the Lord gave him a vision and showed him uh, how there's the hierarchy, the wicked spirits in the high, mm-hmm. high places. Yeah. And then they're going down into other uh, realms. And the lowest level devils on the earth 
uh, Brother Hagen was told, they're, they're not very smart at all. And some of them just can't hardly get anything done. <laughs> but each of these are, that's why most of the ones we have to deal with are low-level devils. But there, we do have to deal with the three lower ranks of them. So he talks about the rulers of darkness, and he says they vary. Some are larger in stature. There's a variation in dress. Some wear crowns. There's a variation in their facial expression, disposition, and authority. In all respects, they are as devilish in appearance and act as the hosts of Satan are expected to be. These rulers of evil are in constant contention among themselves, each resenting the authority of those higher in power, each jealous of the other, and all covetous of the seats of highest rank. Those in higher rank hold their positions not by consent of the lower orders, but solely through their own superior fierceness and power. Cliques and individuals are in constant conflict and quarrels. Somebody was talking about how well organized they are. They're in confusion. Well, they have to be. They're in, in confusion. It is, a, it is a kingdom of darkness. They're yeah. all in confusion. They're all fighting each other. All have crowns that represent various orders and ranks. All desire to sit on the throne above and supervise the work of evil on earth rather than to descend to earth on delegated duties. Those of highest rank sit on thrones in the mid-heavens, ruling over innumerable hosts of evil spirits. You're, when you think about it, it's just a wonder they get anything done. It is a wonder. There's a, there would be I'm telling you such right now. confusion, such strife. Such, I want to be number one. Such, you know. Yes, it's a totally. Uh, and I was working for Brother Sumron. Boy, he knew about his authority over the yes, devil. Yes, he did. Doing a book for him. And someone called, and uh, it was a girl with anorexia, her parents. And, they, and he cast out that devil over that phone. And um, he hung down that phone. He said, you know, they think they have to call me. He said, a four-year-old child could do what I just did. Praise God. If they know it, it's yeah, not it's hard to rule over them. That's right. They can't outsmart you. But you just have to know the light. The entrance of your word gives yeah. light. Yeah. So Amen. to walk in the light, as the Bible tells us to, you have to walk in the knowledge of the word. You're going to have to get the Bible out and read it. And what you're going to need to read is the New Testament letters. They're the ones that tell you about this authority and where you sit. If the devil's having a high carnival at your house, it's because you let him. Sad but true. This is true. Um, these wicked demons fly in the high heavens, even to the very outside of the New Jerusalem, the gates. And although they descend to earth and fly in its air, the center where they congregate in countless numbers is in the regions of the thrones of authority in the mid-heavens. Um, they're all similar in, in some respects. And there are those who, who are, operate from the mid-heavens. And then there are the evil spirits on earth, which are very different from those who fly through the heavens. Those on earth do not have wings. They can walk and run rapidly and they move freely, but apparently they do not leave the earth. They vary in size from a few inches to um, 10 feet in height. They wear gaudy colored clothes and they have fancy caps and various capes <laughs> and colors. But then there are others who wear rags and filthy garments. Uh, these demons on earth have very little power and are of a rather harmless order. Others, however, mm. are large in stature and have fierce in appearance. So uh, it's all uh, ranks. That's what he means when he says principalities, powers, powers rulers. rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in the heavenlies and the high places. Um, praise and um, praise the Lord. Then he talks about how they come after people who are dying on the earth and 
different things. Mostly this book is about heaven and angels, but some of it is revealing. And you need to know because you are, you're the ones God's got here. You can't be running around here like there's no enemy to overcome. There is an enemy to overcome. But you don't magnify the enemy and you don't magnify uh, his power. You magnify the word of God and your authority over him. Here is a place called heaven. This is Gary Wood. He's a really good friend of mine who went to heaven many years ago. He didn't want to come back. But when he came back, Jesus told him, there'll be three signs before I return. One will be uh, an outpouring of the spirit of prayer. One will be a spirit of restoration between brethren and one will be uh, an outpouring of miracles. So writing about the spirit of prayer, Gary writes this. While I was with Jesus, he showed me the earth. It was like I was looking at the pictures the astronauts send to us on earth from the satellites. Only the earth was encircled by three rings. Inside the first ring, the earth's atmosphere, I saw hundreds of evil spirits. This is Satan's domain. The evil spirits would target people and try to deceive them. If the people would accept the lies as truth, many more demons would swarm in like flies. They would then begin to fall to the temptations of the flesh by allowing the demons to control them and their lives would begin to fall apart. Hmm. The demons have power to make people tell lies, cheat, steal, commit adultery, and speak evil against one another. They have power. They have the power because you let them. You let them. You let them. Yeah, if you let them. And the people who don't have a covenant with God, they rule through them. Sure. I don't know. It was like the people became... Now think about, Billy, how important the Word of God is. The light. If you don't know what the Bible says, you don't know what belongs to you. And you run around even if you are a child of the, of the light. Yeah. But it, you could you be walking in darkness. In darkness. You don't I did it light. for years. I loved the Lord. I went to church, all kinds of things. But I did not know about the light of the authority of the believer. The mm. people then become to him like puppets on a string. Then Jesus showed me that when a child of God gets down on their knees before him, praying in the name of Jesus with faith, their prayers would shoot into the heavens like barbed arrows. Praise God. An army of angelic forces would appear, prepared for battle to destroy the demons of Hallelujah. The more prayers of faith there were, the more the demons would retreat. But if doubt and unbelief were spoken, the demons would begin to overcome. The Lord told me that as time grows closer to his return, demon activity will become more rampant. That's why we're doing this uh, series. It's happened. You can know it. Everybody knows what in the world's happened to this world. Demon activities become more rampant. The Bible, it is written in uh, Revelation, the devil hath great wrath, seeing his time is short. That's right. Satan knows that the final curtain is being drawn and his time is running out. Millions of demons and their satanic powers abound all around us. Why are we so besieged? It's because we pray so little. We take authority so little. The results are immorality, perversion, child abuse, poverty, abortion, wars, revolutions, pornography, the occult, and increasing crime and sickness. Put on the whole armor of God, it is written, and withstand the devil. You can arm yourself with the word of God. If you do not read or study the Bible, you have no defense against the forces of darkness that are always at work to defeat you. With faith, you can tear down the strongholds of the devil and surrender your life to the Holy Spirit. Bless the Lord. Praise God. So it's all there for you. Yeah. But you are going to have to do it. You're going to have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Uh, the authority of the believer, John A. McMillan wrote in his 
um, oh, this book right here. You've got to have this book. He wrote, The rapidly approaching end of the age is witnessing a tremendous increase in the activity of the powers of darkness. That's happening. Unrest, and, and he talks about more about it. I don't have time really to talk to it. But he said, here's the answer. To meet the situation, the church of Christ needs a new conception of prayer. The urgent call is for men and women wholly yielded to the Lord, whose eyes have been enlightened to see their ministry in the heavenlies. We're seated up there in the heavenlies. We have a ministry to which they have been called. Such believers may in union with the great head of the body exercise an authority to which the powers of the air must give place wherever challenged. You at the right hand of the Lord, in union with the Lord, in the body of Christ, you may tell those demon spirits what they cannot do. And they must obey you. They must give place wherever they are challenged. Challenge them. Yes, amen. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? Glory to God. Stirred up over there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Billy and I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.